in the time of revolution, the Stalin time, the theoretical idea of the communism declared that all people have to be equal and the women have to be freed from the slavery work in the kitchen. It mustn't be kitchen in the apartment. They will go and eat in the cafeteria. I'm Sergei Khrushchev, retired professor from Brown University. My father was Nikita Khrushchev, the head of the Soviet Union from 1953 to 1964. The most important part of kitchen politics in early Soviet time and revolution time was they would like to have houses without kitchen. Because kitchen is a something bourgeois. Every family, as long as they have a kitchen, they have some part of their private life and private property. I am Alexander Janis, Russian writer and radio journalist. The first houses that were built during the revolution, they were without kitchen. Everybody supposed to eat in huge 500 people, cafeteria, canteens. This is part of the romantic approach of the early post-revolutionary years. My name is Masha Karp from Leningrad. I worked for the Russian service of the BBC. People forget what an incredible upheaval the 1917 revolution was. There was a huge movement to free the country from the Tsarism, bring happiness to poorer classes. People thought maybe it's a good idea to relieve a housewife from her daily chores so that she could develop as a personality. She would go and play the piano, write poetry, and she would not cook and wash up. The idea to have cafeterias was the continuation of this wonderful intention. But it was only in theory because after the revolution began the civil war and they didn't build any cafeterias. Bolsheviks were not into food. Lenin was not a foodie. They saw it as fuel to feed the workers. The Bolsheviks kind of wanted to eradicate privacy. And private hearth, private stove becomes very politicized. I'm Anya von Bremsen. I'm the author of Mastering the Art of Soviet Cooking. Food shortages and the famine of the 1920s devastated whatever was left of the Russian kitchen. My name is Grisha Freydin, professor of Russian literature at Stanford University. Stalin's industrialization program included the industrialization of food. Completely new food appeared, mass-produced. The whole of the Soviet Union, all 120 different ethnic groups, were suddenly being fed exactly the same stuff. Choices for this or that food, the tastings took place at the Politburo level. The kinds of candies that began to be mass-produced was decided on a special meeting of Stalin and Molotov. One of the goals of the new Soviet government was to uh, provide housing to the workers. I'm Edward Shandrovich, venture investor. I'm also a Russian poet. They started putting people into communal apartments. Before, they were generally occupied by the Russian rich or aristocrats who were driven out by the new government. I lived in the communal apartment till the age of 16, about 10 families sharing one kitchen. On one side of my room was the man who washed corpses at the local morgue. There were two rooms where mother and father served in the KGB. 
Then there was a woman whose husband was serving a sentence for stealing bread from the bread factory where he worked. There were two four-burner stoves. Everybody cooked their own. Cabbage soup washed with beets, potatoes, buckwheat, groats. Five different kettles. Boiled chicken. Five different pots that are all marked when the relations between the neighbors were especially fierce. You could see locks on the cabinets. People cooked in the kitchen, but they practically never ate there. They would go with their pots along the corridor to their rooms and eat there. Because they were communal kitchens, they were not places where you would bring your friends. I think that was one of the ideas for creating a communal kitchen. There would be a watchful eye of society over every communal apartment. People would report on each other. You would never know who would be reporting. So even though you lived in a communal apartment in a horrible hovel and had very little to eat, there were moments when you could glimpse the future. After Stalin's death, the goal of the Soviet Union was to catch up and overtake the United States. Vice President Nixon escorts Soviet Premier Khrushchev on a preview of the United States Fair at Skolniki Park in Moscow. Khrushchev decided to have an exchange of exhibitions with the United States. In order to compete with the West, you had to know what it was. This was 1959. I was 13 years old. Every visitor would pass the counter where Pepsi-Cola was given out in disposable paper cups that I had never seen before. They were the first American company, even before McDonald's, to get their foot in the door. Russian vodka. Part of the deal between Pepsi-Cola and the Soviet Union was that the Pepsi-Cola would be given the distribution rights for Stoli, Stolichnaya vodka. The kitchen at the American exhibition reflected itself in the conversation between Khrushchev and Nixon, known as the kitchen debate. American built the model of the American kitchen, and then they go to this kitchen. Nixon talk about American achievement. My father talking about Soviet achievement. They argue with each other, which system is better. Nixon and Khrushchev talk about food, how people live, how people eat. <laughs> 